Welcome to Swimming Upstream, the 10-minute podcast about Catholicism, technology, culture, baseball, whatever else might come up. I'm your host, Eric Sammons. This is episode number 32. On today's episode, I'm going to be discussing when popes get political. Uh, Pope Francis has waded into politics a great deal during his papacy. In fact, there's a book called The Political Pope, which talks about his entering into politics, specifically liberal politics. He has talked a lot about climate change. He has an entire encyclical about that, and specifically about the role of governments to combat climate change. He's also gotten very involved with the immigration debate, specifically arguing that countries, especially the United States and countries in Europe, should have open borders for immigrants, and he's even criticized Donald, President Donald Trump on that issue. So he's been very political. And to some Catholics, this comes across a bit odd because Pope Benedict really didn't get that involved in politics. And so that already set a certain standard that Pope Francis is not following. However, politics really is the norm for popes, historically that is. After all, the pope is a political leader. He is the head of the nation-state of Vatican City, and so therefore he is the ruler of a country, and by his very nature then he's a politician. And what he says and does has a political impact, of course. Also, religion just in general has an impact on politics. Religion, after all, influences everything. If you're a religious person, I don't care what religion you are, it's going to influence how you see politics. And so the pope, as the leader of the largest religion in the world, is obviously going to influence politics. And really, this idea that popes in recent times aren't involved with politics is kind of silly as well, because if you think about St. John Paul II, he was very involved in politics. After all, he, he fought strongly against communism. He helped his native land, Poland, free itself from the Soviet Union. Many people credit him as an instrumental person in the downfall of the Soviet Union. So obviously, he was very involved in politics as well. And in the Middle Ages, of course, that's when political popes were definitely the norm. In fact, they had a great deal more political power than you do today. You know, today, I mean, yes, they're, they're the head of a nation state, but it's mostly symbolic. They don't really have any armies or, or any real way to influence others other than through the influence of their personality and the influence of the church. But in the Middle Ages, this was, that was different, of course. They, they led a very powerful uh, nation, and, a very, and they did have armies at times. And so they had a great deal more political power, and they exercised it. Often they would threaten excommunication with any ruler who did not go along with what they wanted. And sometimes they would, they would excommunicate them. Sometimes they put countries, entire countries under interdict in which they would basically not allow the sacraments to be celebrated in that country until the ruler went along with what the pope wanted. In fact, in a lot of ways, the papacy in the Middle Ages was more of a political office than it was a religious one. The religion part of the aspect of it was really almost more of the trappings, the outward part of it, whereas the politics is what really was practiced. Now, this might not sound that great to, to some Catholics who, who like to believe, you know, ha have this idea that the Pope, of course, is a successor of St. Peter, which he is, and that he has religious authority from Jesus Christ, which he does. But the fact is, in real life, and what's actually happened, the Pope is very, has been very involved in politics. Now, 
What does that mean for the Catholic, an average Catholic, especially for a Catholic who disagrees with the politics of a papacy? For example, back in the Middle Ages again, Pope Innocent III, he was an ally of King John of England, and they worked together, and in fact, King John of England made himself a vassal of Pope Innocent III. There's a lot of reasons for that that don't really matter right now. Well, if you know your history, you know King John the Th- the King John of England is the king when the Magna Carta was declared. That basically was the start of giving people uh, the common man power, political power, and taking it away from the ruling class. And of course, it's really the basis of Western civilization and, and so much of what we're founded upon here in America, the Magna Carta. Well, Pope Innocent III, he actually declared the Magna Carta null and void for all time. He was dead set against it. He supported King John. And so he, he, like I said, he said the Magna Carta was null and void for all time. So as a Catholic, do I have to think the Magna Carta is null and void right now? He, after all, a pope said it was null and void for all time. Well, of course not. Nobody actually thinks that anymore. And so, but in the Middle Ages, if you disagree with the Pope, you could get excommunicated. If you disagree with the Pope on a political issue, you could get excommunicated. You know, we like the, I, the idea of we wish the Pope would use the power, and bishops would use the power of excommunication more uh, today against pro-abortion politicians, politicians who support same-sex marriage. And I, I would like to see that, too, in a lot of cases. But we have to remember it, it could also be abused. And frankly, in the Middle Ages, it often was abused. So if we, what happens if we disagree with the politics of a, of a pope? Well, let's break it down a little bit and, and kind of talk about what are, as a Catholic, what are our duties towards a pope. First, we must follow the pope when he's speaking infallibly on faith and morals. We must obey that. If you want to be a good Catholic, hey, if you don't want to be a good Catholic, don't be a good Catholic. But don't claim you're a good Catholic if you're not going to try to be a good Catholic. But that was confusing. But if you want to be a good Catholic, then you have to obey and believe what the church teaches. And when the Pope declares something infallibly in faith and morals, we have to obey it. When he's talking about and writing about faith and morals, we do need to listen also, respect, even if it's not infallible. We need to listen respectfully to what he's saying as uh, our spiritual leader, just like we should listen to our parish priest when they're talking faith and morals. It doesn't mean we have to blindly agree with everything. If we've really prayed about it and studied and we think maybe he's off a little bit, that's okay. It should be rare, but it can happen. But what about when he speaks in politics? Now, the, the issue is hard because popes, they don't speak about politics directly often. What they usually use, they use religious terms. If you look at the writings of Middle Ages, uh, the, the popes in medieval times about politics, they were in religious terms. And so they made it a religious issue often. And Pope Francis is doing that today. He's making things like immigration and climate change religious issues. That if you're not uh, for governments instituting all these regulations to prevent climate change, then you're not really being a good Catholic. Likewise, if you don't support open borders, just like Pope uh, Francis does, you're not really being a good Catholic. And so it's a, it's, it's a hard thing to, 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 to distinguish here. But I do think we have to use our God-given reason to say, okay, in areas of politics, strictly politics, like, for example, what government should do to combat climate change, just use that as an example, we don't have to listen to what the Pope says or what our religious leaders say as far as the solutions that they give. 
We should definitely listen to the problems. Like, for example, they want to talk about the problems they see with climate change or with uh, immigration. We can, we can listen to that, but we don't have to listen to solutions because solutions, those are based upon human reason. And so it's the laity's job to determine what are the best solutions. That's not the job of of the clergy. In fact, that's clericalism at its worst, which is kind of surprising because supposedly Vatican II threw away all clericalism, and now we're all just one big happy church. But the fact is, in general, mostly liberal Catholics want to bring back clericalism in full force, meaning when a cleric says something on a political issue, we have to obey it. We have to look at their wisdom and say, oh, that's, that's what we have to do. Well, no, that's ridiculous. A cleric has no competency, special competency, in political matters or scientific matters. Now, if a cleric happens to also be a scientist, yeah, okay, he has some competency and listen to him as a scientist. But if he's not, if he's not a scientist, he has no more extra knowledge of climate change, for example, than anybody else does. So we study the issue, we look at it carefully, we weigh the different sides of the issue, and then we come to our determination what we think the best course of action is, and we support that. That's actually doing what we're supposed to do as Catholics. Now, I don't think it's a surprise to anybody listening to this podcast. I don't agree with most of, the, of, of our current Pope's politics. But I do want to say that his entry into political issues is not really that surprising. The more we know history, the more we're surprised or shocked by anything. And frankly, nothing Pope Francis has done has really surprised or shocked me. His He's dipping into politics. There's nothing new under the sun, as they say, and so that's not really surprising. But don't listen. So those who say act like Pope Francis is doing something new by getting involved in politics, don't listen to them. But if somebody's saying we have to therefore follow the Pope in politics, well, that's somebody you don't have to listen to either because we don't have to follow them uh, lockstep in their political views. We, we determine we might want to listen to them, hear what their point of view is, but then we come to the conclusion on our own. Okay, well, that's it for today's episode. As I've said before, please rate and review uh, this if you like this podcast on iTunes. Also, if you have ideas for a future podcast you want me to, to address uh, on, on Catholicism, on technology, on baseball, on culture, whatever I have some competency in, feel free just to email me, eric at ericsammons.com, uh, with your ideas, and I'd be happy to consider them and maybe uh, make them the subject of a future podcast. Okay, until next time, keep swimming against the stream.